This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel Is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hi, I'm Anthony DeRico. I'm a business consultant uh, with Voyager HQ. I'm also a mentor with Quake Capital, and I'm formerly from uh, Skift. And what I love about travel is uh, living in the greatest city in the world, New York City. When you travel, not only do you get to meet amazing people, but you have amazing experiences. And the thing I love about travel is taking those experiences back and then reliving them. And uh, just as an example, yesterday was my birthday. And, uh, Happy belated. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and took the whole family down to Chinatown and uh, had a blast with the Chinese Lunar New Year and oh, uh, right. went out to a favorite restaurant. And it just brought me, I went to China like 12, 13 years ago, all flooded back. You know, I just felt like having that amazing experience. And that, for me, like what travel does, it just like expands your horizon. And uh, when you live in a, an amazing urban environment like we do here, um, you can go back to those places and you don't have to go that far. If you had an hour to sit with someone who would help build the fastest growing travel media company in the industry, what could you learn? From user-generated content to the shift of the mobile-first environment, you'll hear how trends have so drastically changed the industry over the last decade. Coming up, we'll get real about travel management companies, the joys of traveling with family, and why you don't want to take your eye off the ball in the travel industry. This is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry. Quick note, Anthony's opinions today are that of his own and not of any organization that he represents now or in the past. Anthony, thanks for being on the show and joining me and Bess. Thanks, Bess. Thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I know you've been in the travel space for a while now. Yeah. Um, travel media specifically, all the way back from like uh, Fromers to you know Skift and like really scaling Skift. It's like quite a quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious over the last ten years, what do you think is the biggest shift that the travel industry has seen? I would definitely say uh, the move to mobile. Yeah, uh, and it's something that I still think about today. Like, as a consumer, if you, I go to your website and you have a terrible mobile experience, I will not buy from you. Mm-hmm. Just like the hands-on. UX or what? What about yeah, the just UX? Experience? Like, if I cannot go from point A to point B on your mobile website, it's like off for me. Do you think, right. I, think, I think there's still a lot of improvement that's ne- needed in that space. Totally, <laughs> that's what like, makes it so yeah. exciting, right? Like yeah. that's why we're here. Right. And considering that shift, where do you see consumers kind of interacting with media while they're traveling? So in the old days, it was having your Fromer's guidebook or a Lonely Planet guidebook Mm. with you. Do you think there's a place that people should interact with media while they're actually traveling to get recommendations? Or how has that kind of changed and what's the future there? Yeah, I mean, like, that's where Google is just, like, such a game changer. I mean, you know, Google Maps in particular and, like, what they're doing in the space. You know, as a as a traveler and as an avid traveler, I feel like people want uh, the authentic experience. So I just think about the way that I travel as a human being. Like, I just buy a plane ticket and I get a hotel room. I don't plan anything else. 
Like, I just know this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And if I can't do it while I'm there, like just through my phone, like it's, it's, that's, that's it for me. Right. Like, it's like, I need to be able to get to, you know, read about what's happening like in real time. Cause I don't know what the weather's going to be like, what mood I'm going to be in, what I feel like doing, what I experience when I get to that place. And so I feel like places like, you know, Airbnb experiences, for example, is something that's just like an amazing experience, like from a, uh, just a media consumption standpoint, like reading about something like ahead of time and just being able to book something on the fly, like with people actually in experience um, in that destination, like those things are like game changers to me. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that that, that that's how you plan. I'm, I'm very similar in that I'm, you know, unless I have a prerogative to, to like book ahead and, and kind of think about what my travel is going to look like, I'm my point of sale is like on the ground, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but I don't think that's always the case for everybody. And I guess you'd probably, you know, right, see right. that. Um, I'd be curious if you think that that makes a difference in like this mobile shift, right? You know, I think, I think the same thing. I, my girlfriend always books ahead way more than me. It's almost like, why are we thinking about what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. like, we're going to get there. I want to be, be surprised. There. I want to know. Yeah, like, right. I don't want to know what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. Um, but when she's booking that, she's still on her, on her phone. And I'm like, you have a laptop right there. And it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, like yeah. I, th- you know, when I, f- if I'm going to book ahead, I almost always use my, my laptop or my desktop. And that's true. And I guess it, all of that is kind of inconsequential. You just have to be adapted to every device perfectly. Like, yeah. And, um, I guess, what do you think is going to be the next biggest shift? I guess would be a good question. Cause like we all talk about, I think the thing that we always, always end up hearing is the answer is personalization. Yeah. And that kind of could be what is the next thing, but is there something that we're completely not thinking about? I don't know if you guys have an opinion. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, there's so, there's so many different things. I mean, Bess, do you have a, a an opinion on this? Seem like you had. Well, something. I think what's interesting about mobile is it becomes your cell phone becomes not just where you find out about experiences or recommendations, but it's also a tool as you travel. Payment conversion of if you're like me and you're not exactly a math whiz and you don't do the conversion um, of currency in your head, the cell phone then becomes a tool there. It becomes a tool for translation. But I think it's a really interesting time right now because folks want to have a really authentic experience and be integrated with where they're going. But then they also want their phone to be on them at all times so they can translate right. or whatever the case may be. I want to be in the jungle and get that authentic experience, but but they better have Wi-Fi. Is right. really, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, right. yeah. yeah. So how, yeah. how does the cell phone also not become a barrier? Because, you know, as we were talking more about the people carrying around the guidebook, that used to be the stamp of, you know, you have your fanny pack on and you have your guidebook in your hand. Now it's like you're walking down the street with your cell phone out and that's how people know you're a tourist. Yeah. I don't know what the word is for it, but I think we're all touching upon it. But for me, it's like you you asked the question about media and then we're talking about mobile and it's like this convergence, right? Like for me, it's finding really great apps and sites that tell me this is a great deal and this is why I should be going to this destination and then marrying it with really easy ways to book. So from like the finance side, the payment side, people that can do that, like 
I've started using like skip lag. Like, I don't know if anybody ever uses that. Octar, the founder. Yeah. They're a Voyager member. Yeah. It's great. Like, it's just such a great site. Like I can find out like, I'm like, wow, this, I can go to this destination for like $139. Like, like the other night I was like looking, I was like, you can go to like Honolulu, Hawaii for like $4.99, like round trip. And like one way was direct on like Hawaiian airlines. And then it was like telling me like all these like amazing things and like all the pavement and everything was like just seamless. It was like, mm. boom, boom, boom. Like I could get right to the site. I could have booked it in like three. I was, I stopped myself. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, wait, this, this is like way too easy. I'm, I'm not going to Hawaii, but like I could have, you know, and like, and that was, that to me was like just an amazing experience. And so it's like whoever can like figure that out and do it really well, like they're going to win, you know? And that to me is like the whole game changer. Cause it's like getting, it's marrying really great content with all of the things that you knew need to do to like book a great travel experience. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are doing different pieces of it, but like who can marry it? Yeah, I agree. And then also the sharing piece, right? I think people, it's so personal when you're talking, you know, about personalization, the recommendations that your friends have when you go on a trip, right? So you say you're going to Hawaii. John just got back from Honolulu. Because the recommendations of where John went in Honolulu, it's almost like a gift of him sharing those back to you, right? And because they're coming from John, you trust it. Um, well, I don't know if so I, I do. anything from John, but <laughs> okay. I might do the opposite. <laughs> Here are the things to avoid in Honolulu. <laughs> All right, John did that. Cliff diving? <laughs> no. But I think that's a really interesting intersection yeah. as well with media and travel is that post post trip piece, you know, because you think about the travel ribbon, dreaming, where do I want to go? Then while I'm traveling, what am I going to do when I'm there? And then after, how do I share what I did? And that all, those three pieces, I think, are really disjointed. I agree. Today. Yeah. And I feel like that's the they're disjointed. Um, and also, we I mean, we've always talked about how the legacy infrastructure, technology infrastructure in particular, across most of that path is still hindered by its its basic. Uh, basically just it's antiquated nature, right? And I mean, I would be curious, Anthony, if you've seen any real movement in the last 10 years towards upgrading that or if it, you know what I mean? Because the... Give me an example. um, (laughs) Without getting too specific, I mean, the the global distribution systems being on mainframe, um, going through SOAP protocol, like that's all the exact same. And so... when we're leveraging the same kind of tech stack, uh, you know, has has anything in the infrastructure actually changed in the last 10 years is the question. Or is it all just stuff being layered on top at this point? It's probably the, the, the latter. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and it's something like, you know, from from a startup, uh, you know, I've, I've worked with GDSs in the mm. past. And, like, I think it's something that they are aware of. Right. You know, especially, like, you know, GDSs, like, play a huge component in like the travel startup ecosystem like you know they're they're massive right like they know that like their content pipeline like feeds you know what everybody is doing to sort of innovate in the space so i think they're they're aware of it it's just like turning you know like a cruise ship around like and trying to figure out like how you can make this like more nimble and more adaptable um 
for the the community. So I think it's like a little bit of a push and a pull from like both sides, right? So it's like travel startups like pushing more for GDSs to say like, hey, we need more of X, Y, Z. And like GDS is like actually uh, innovating and developing, which I think they're trying to do why, why they're um, working more so with uh, travel startup community, right? To like figure out like what those needs are. Um, but, but getting back to like our, more fun part of our conversation. Like, <laughs> you know, I think what what we're all talking about here, though, is like we're. I mean, I consider myself as a travel snob, right? Like, you know, we live in New York City. It's like easy to get on a plane. It's easy to go places. But you know, one of the things like Americans just don't travel, right? And I think I I feel like one of the things that we're always trying to solve for, like, as a travel community, is like how do we make travel more accessible to people? And I think mm. like technology does that, right. right? Because if you can make it accessible for like my great aunt who you know is like afraid to leave the country because she's just like there's just too many things that i have to do and i'm like no it's really not that hard you know it's easy if you can do that for like the average everyday consumer it's going to like just buoy the whole entire ecosystem right because more people are going to want to travel they're going to want to have that experience and it just all trickles down from there um and so i think like that's what we're trying to solve for right like that's what the the community wants to solve for at least i hope so you know yeah but what i mean what do, I, I guess i throw the question back to to you both uh Bess and john like what do you like what are your thoughts on that and like you know what are you seeing in the industry that's like sort of you know proving that positive or like is is maybe a negative against it i think a couple of things one just the increase in startups that are around the inspiration space and helping people kind of dream about travel um, and just the rise in content around video um, and user gen content, yeah. right? You're seeing more and more <clears throat> of that on all different all different platforms. Um, and I love that it's not all influencer content. You're seeing some of that, yeah, but I think there's a lot of content out there that is an, an authentic voice um that why don't just you like are, the, why don't you like the influencer because it's paid it's not <laughs> authentic right but i think everyone in a way is an influencer when they travel because they're sharing their own photos that then i think in, um really inspire more people to travel because they're seeing a place that they might not otherwise see um so that's really a big way that i think it's changing um and then also Honestly, when you talk about accessibility, it's it's cheaper to travel than ever before. Um, I think especially with the rise of home shares and alternative lodging, there's really been a lot more inventory in the lodging market than there ever has before, which makes it um, cheaper to travel, right? Um, maybe not necessarily to get where you're going, but once you're there, it's less expensive than ever before just because of the huge rise in inventory. And to you tack on to that, I mean, I think that a lot of the, in a, in a, in a purely capitalist nature, there like the opportunity to make it more accessible is also market share. And I think that right. the, you know, the, I, I think everything is put together in a way that, um, that where these larger travel companies are all trying to make travel more accessible for the right reasons, but there's also this you know, obvious nature to want to make travel more accessible because it, it does open up more market. Um, and 
I think it's like an example. What's what's the airports that just open? There's um there's Daxel and then there's the one in Insta- there's Istanbul and Shenzhen just opened up and they're um they're competing on um by subsidizing the fuel costs. So airfare this year is gonna be like the lowest it's I think it's ever been internationally because fuel is like a huge driver of cost for airfare. Um so them actually competing over the market share for where those layover flights are is going to inevitably create more people traveling. Um, so I guess I'm not really going anywhere with this, but um, <laughs> it's just an example of like how the market can kind of dictate the the fact that maybe this is the time that travel becomes more accessible um, just because of the the increase in inventory and the um, the the opportunity that there is with this demand that hasn't been met yet. Um, yeah, I'm rambling at this yeah. point. So do you, do, you, do you think, do you think travel has a homogeny problem? Like we were talking about influencers and, you know, like I, I, I see like the same yeah, pictures do. from, mm-hmm. you know, Vietnam, like Cambodia, like, you know, China, like all the, it's like the same things. Like my Instagram feed is like filled with like, and, and maybe it's like a influencer or like, one person does it and then like everybody copies it. Like everybody needs that like one right. shot, like in Thailand yeah. on like the beach, like, or, you know, it's just, it's because something I think is inevitably Instagrammable. Right. And then that's the threshold for it getting on Instagram and getting in front of us. Um, right. Like the yeah actual tours and activity space. Yeah. But does, it hurt or does it hurt or does it help though? I think I I always think about this story I heard of in one of the Greek islands. It's the most beautiful places in the world. I don't know if it's Mykonos or Paros or one of those, that there is a place where there's literally a line where people are in line to take this one photo. And obviously they're not having an authentic experience. Somebody should take a picture of all the people in the line. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like that really epitomizes what we're talking about, right? Um, That total homogenization of content. But I think what's interesting, too, when you talk about this space changing is maybe the business travel space changing Mm. because – Having video conferences is easier than ever before. Um, People may be traveling for business in different ways. Maybe it's taking company retreats off-site in new places. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where things become really interesting because, you know, we talk about technology changing the way people travel. People travel as far as ease of use, but I think its effect on business travel and changing why people travel for business is interesting. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, wow, you can go in so many different directions with that. I mean, just like for one, like just from an inspirational standpoint, like where do you take your team of like 20 or 50 or a hundred people, you know, um, that's, that's not like an easy thing to do. Right. So it's like a lot of like logistics that go into that, but like, what's going to like, tell your story of like the culture you're trying to build with your company. I mean, there's so many layers to that. Mm. Like whoever, who could figure that out? Like (laughs) maybe that's, that's like a new game changer, you know, like that's like a whole thing that uh, you could focus on. I mean, I'd I'd like to dig more into that. Like, what are you, John? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I'm trying to like, no, I think we should break into the, yeah, we should break into the the corporate travel space because I think also business travel is a huge indicator of leisure travel, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But uh, before we break into that, I want to break into this snack you brought us because I'm Wow, great transition. (laughs) (laughs) You want to tell us what you got? Uh, Just a bowl of pistachios. Um, I feel like for your snack, like, you got to work for it. (laughs) And and, and I'm I'm a big believer of healthy snacks. Like, you Mm. know, eating candy and junk food is like, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm like older, but it's like I want to eat something like healthy, but... So, and, and it's also like all about the sweet and savory and like, this is like a very savory, you know, it's like the roasted salted. So anyway, dig in. Coming up, you'll hear Anthony's opinion on the best and worst of the travel industry, how gears turn in the niche media business and how startup culture is informing travel policies for corporations. bad Monday? Well, you shouldn't have a bad Monday because you just downloaded funny people talking on your phone, right? So just click the play button. Wait, Danielle, Danielle. What? What's funny people talking? Oh, it's this podcast with, I mean, you're one of the co-hosts, Mark. It's oh, yeah. you and me and, and Elsie, our producer, she's there. And we have really cool guests on, like illustrators and comedians and actors. You should listen. Do you listen to your own podcast? I hear it every time we record it. It's a really good show. You should listen to. Uh, do you listen, Elsie? No. Typical. I know. Typical producer. You know who listens? All of our fans who love the show. (laughs) (laughs) I know we dropped it. Listen to Funny People Talking. Mm. It comes out every Monday on Mouth Media Network and wherever the best podcasts are found. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. So, Anthony, we were talking about uh, corporate travel before we had pistachios, which are terrific. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think the landscape for, for opportunity in corporate travel looks like? What, who's, what, what's like a, a good example you've seen in the past? I mean, I think it's amazing. The opportunities for corporate travel um if if there is uh and there are some people out there doing amazing things um but like using what Bess was talking about earlier like how do you use like consumer platforms and tap into that in a really unique way and and a lot of people are trying to do this right it's it's not it's no easy task um and you have to have companies that have a vision that know how to execute um and I feel like a lot of times, a lot of TMCs are lazy. I also feel like companies are lazy. Um, so it really comes from like the top down. One example is um, Adobe, uh, a conference I went to like five or six years ago. So Adobe, if, if you don't know, they are originally from, based in um, Salt Lake City, Utah. Like that's where they came from. And now they're based in, in San Francisco with everybody else. Um, <laughs> with the rest of, of course, the world. Of the rest of the world. Um, but their conference like was like a homecoming. Like they literally took over the city of Salt Lake City and Park City. And like basically the whole city became like their playground. And it was like going to like a family reunion where like 
people were seeing like friends and people that they worked with for like years. And this is like, you're talking like 10,000 people. And now they don't do it anymore. Like the last three years, they, they moved to like Vegas or something. And it's kind of like been homogenized. But like basically like they they put on this conference. It was – if anybody has been to an Adobe conference, you know like it's star-studded event. Like they bring in big names, big big people. I think like Michael Keaton was there, like George Clooney. Like it's yeah. it's a huge thing. And then they like rented out the arena and they had like Imagine Dragons play. And like Imagine Dragons is like from – there like hometown band like playing hometown right and then like they rented out like the whole entire park city like ski resorts like and gave everybody like free passes like go skiing for like a whole half day of conference like the conference ends is like you have to go skiing or like go and hang out and they give you like money incredible right and it's like like, (laughs) right and it's like i mean you know like other people could go to the mountains but it was like all these people from the convention you'd see like bus you up it was like the most bonding experience you could ever have yeah. at a conference yeah. and you just felt like in it for like the whole time um and you like i was not an adobe employee <laughs> but i felt like one when, when i left i was like I whoa that. and uh yeah it was like a big hug you know at like the end of the day um but like they really embraced like their culture their spirit and, like where they come from and that like it must have I mean, logistically, to pull something like that off, it must have taken, like, a year in advance of planning. But, like, that's what I mean. Like, you can't be lazy. And, like, if you have, like, a team of people that can execute on something like that and, like, know how to do that, like, for a 10,000-person event, you would think there's no way. And it was probably the most intimate event I've ever been to. And I've been to, like, some small events. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I think it's really interesting – travel as a tool for corporate culture and corporate bonding among teams. How about with the new startup culture? Well, I guess it's not really new, but with the rise of startup culture, I'll say. How how do you think that has affected business travel? Of course, you do have still travel for corporate bonding, but um, in the way that now companies really need to have benefits to attract mm-hmm. top, top talent. How has that in your mind affected business travel? I don't think it has affected business travel, unfortunately. Um, I feel like the startup culture gets it and I feel like nobody is listening on like the TMC side. I mean, you have like, you know, rocket trips doing some pretty cool things. The uh, company you mentioned during the break, uh, trip kegs. Trip kegs. Trip kicks. Uh, kicks. <laughs> I was like, trip that kegs. Feels sure. <laughs> that feels like, very trip kegs. specific. New, new business, everyone. <laughs> trip kegs. Um, <laughs> trip kicks. Like, uh, um, and like upside, you know, like the whole way of like incentivizing people to travel um, through like giving people gift certificates, which is like an easy thing to do, right? But it's, I don't think it really gets to the core of like what people should be doing, especially if, you know, to service uh, the startup culture. Like people, I think, want benefits. Mm-hmm. Travel is a benefit. You know, I I, I think, I, I don't have any sort of fact to base this, but like most startup cultures in urban areas, right? So people have, are easily able to access travel. So by giving people a way to travel and giving them time off, like is a great incentive, right? Um, whether you work for a travel startup or not. Um, it's something that should be almost like core to your business. Um, whether it's figuring out like how do you have that company retreat that's like an Adobe experience 
or not and just giving people the ability to have an experience and like bringing it back and sharing it with the rest of the team. Um, I just think it continues to build that bonding relationship that people want to have like when they're working for a company. It could be volunteerism. Like if somebody wants to like go away for a, a week and like, you know, go help clean the ocean from plastics. Like, sure, why not? Like support that. You know, what does that cost you? Like 2500 3000 bucks. 3000 um, Put that into somebody's comp, right? Like it's a no-brainer. And they're going to feel great and they're going to feel like you're listening to them and you're like you're part of the family. Um, yeah, but somebody should figure that out because I feel like TMCs and other companies, it's just like using money to incentivize people and like uh, doesn't really work. Like that's yeah, what we, yeah. right? You can't control how that, how that, it, you know, it plays into the greater vision of, yeah. of the, of the group and like how the company's really. John, here's three grand. Go take a trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds yeah. like, right. It's like a, a moment you're like, oh, that's awesome. But then afterwards, like, what do you get out of that? Like, what's the return? Yeah. It is an interesting way, though, I think, to combat this issue we have in the U.S. specifically of just people working too hard and getting really burned out and really stressed. You know, you look at Europe, they have these massive vacations. The whole continent basically takes the months of July and August off. We don't have that in the U.S., and you see people really just burning out. It could be an interesting tool for, for companies to use to fight that. Absolutely. I mean, for a startup, it's got to be a must have, right? You know, you don't want to lose your best engineers because they're like totally toast, you know, or you don't want to have like, you know, your best uh, sales and marketing people leaving because they're just, you know, they're just not having the time to spend with their family. Um, but it's hard to do, right? Like the startup grind is hard. It's not easy. Um, so it's a little bit of a balance. But if somebody could create a business that makes it easy, then Hey, there you go, right? Like that's right. going to unlock a, a lot of, uh, you know, people in the upper management, like make their life easier. Why not? Like, why yeah. wouldn't I do that? I think we, I mean, we alluded to a lot of leisure travel earlier. And um, one thing that, I mean, even with like the GBTA forecasts from like the last market downturn when they did that stuff, and it was um, basically indicators of what was going to happen with leisure travel. These in, these incentives and the people being able to travel more through their work, I think would inevitably even even trickle down to them traveling more in their leisure because they yeah. would have Agreed. gotten that bug. So um, it's it's kind of interesting to think that if if we were able to incentivize um, employees th and and retain them through this, then and inevitably we would all feed back into the market itself, the travel market. Yep. I'd be curious, like um, kind of a different subject actually, but. Sure. Um, back to like travel media. Yeah. Um, what is, how, do, how does the real process work for a trade publication in, in, in this space? Because like, how would you get a story from, from an airline and, and make sure it was authentic and not like on the beat for what's happening? Like kind of, how do you get the first story and how do you make sure it's not just like some sponsored thing that they want to tell you about? Yeah, I mean, that's from a trade medium perspective. I mean, it's like, it's just like not being me too, right? You know, you know, look, travel media is another, unfortunately, I, I feel it's been so homogenized, at least on the consumer side. There's like, so there's just like, really no difference. Like when you read so many different publications, like whether it's like the New York Times travel section, or like Connie Nash Traveler or Travel and Leisure, like after a while, like it all blends together. And the and the 
business side of things and in the niche media world, like you have to bring an angle to story that provides analysis. Like why should somebody care about this story? Um, instead of just giving it like this linear approach, like this is what I'm doing. Like I'm, you know, American airlines. I just like created this new ancillary revenue product and this is like going to increase revenues for me. Like, whatever you know who cares like what is it how is the impact on the greater industry what is it doing to change the way people are viewing a different type of product or technology like put it in context with like a trend in the industry it shows that you are either at the forefront of what you're doing or at least you know what you're doing um that's you know what people want to know about in in sort of niche media especially like b2b media um make it unique make it different it was a wonderfully succinct answer to that. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be. <laughs> oh, as an, like, I'm sorry to keep asking, but uh, like, what? Uh, who do you think is doing it right then in this in this context? Oh, it's Skift, of course. <laughs> oh, okay, so I should say not in the travel media space. I would oh. say in the travel space in general. Hmm. Like, let's say, let's see, let's see. What do you think is the airline that's done? Oh, you know, you don't have to say any names, but I think like you know what. What's an example of something you, you've been excited about from the travel industry most recently? And I would say also even who isn't doing it right. Right. What are some <laughs> who's doing it really well? And then on the other flip side, where mm. where are some brands that you think have opportunity to reach their customers in a better way? Like I love being able to get on the Wi-Fi for free. <laughs> I love that on a, on a flight. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. What's an example of something that you've I mean, like seen that you just like from an airline perspective? Like the first thing that came to my mind, and it's not just because Bess is here, but it's JetBlue, but in in oh, yeah. because T five, <laughs> like T five, like I don't understand. Like T five has been around for like what fifteen years now, hmm. at least. Like how no other airline could figure that out. Like still to this day, it's like I go there, and you know, I I fly JetBlue a lot actually with my family because it's it gets me to places that I need to go with them pretty easily and uh, my daughter loves the experience I love the experience but just the check in process and then going to the terminal is actually a fun experience there's not many places in New York where that's a fun experience I know they're changing that at LaGuardia but like it's not it's just <laughs> hands down not um, so anybody that could do that, and that's very concrete, right? Like you experience it. It's not technology. I mean, it is in the background, but like with the bag drop and all that stuff, which is fun. Like it's fun like when you get to bring your bag and drop it off and like the person's there to greet you and you're like, hey, like this is nice. Like it's not like waiting in line, you know, somebody call me like I'm like, you know, herded together with everyone else. Um, so that's like something that's like a really uh, great experience that I've I've witness also i think um what hyatt hotels is doing as a brand um in in making really smart strategic moves um where i've seen like other brands where it's like marriott and like the star wars merger and all of that which has created this behemoth collection that and, and don't even get me started on their rewards program like that <laughs> <laughs> like i might just stop being a rewards member because of that like name like i'm just i don't even know if i can like name it out loud it's just like so terrible um <laughs> wow. it's just well, like really it's, yeah, it's yeah. like i mean it's just come on like how many millions of dollars are spent on that what's the sorry what is the name like, what is it no, no, no. it's like uh I, i'm the marriott the marriott rewards, rewards program. it was they came up with this 
Oh, oh, yeah. Like it can't. It's like so unforgettable. Like the name you mean, right? So forgettable that it's unforgettable. Bonvoy. Um, Bonvoy. Yeah, it's a new one, right? (laughs) But they just like rebranded it to Bonvoy. Yes. Yeah, but that's just the name. But like, in terms of like creating this, you know, uh, huge brand, and and look, some people are gonna say like, look, it's all about opportunity scale. But when you go to a hotel, like I love going to boutique hotels because I love the experience. I love you know, the, the sort of, uh, feeling that that has. And I feel like Hyatt is able to do that with certain of their, um, properties under their umbrella that I think is just great. Um, and I think you need to have that for a hospitality brand. You know, when you're staying in a hotel, like you want to have like that unique experience that you're staying there. Um, yeah. Up next, you'll hear the human side of Anthony and where he wants to send his kids. Entrepreneurista, a woman who organizes and operates a business, taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. One who has a drive, passion, and vision with an undying determination to succeed. She is fiercely motivated, ambitious, and competitive, forging her own path to independence and success. That's an entrepreneurista. Through the conversations on the Entrepreneurista podcast, we want to celebrate failures reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done, and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at entreprenistapodcast.com. So, Anthony, I know you have young kids, and you've traveled with them before. Yep. What is the one place that you want your kids to visit before they leave the nest? Ooh. Wow. Great question. That's that's a really good question. Hmm. Thank you. I I thought about it deeply. And I have to to think about this one because I'm like, I I don't want my ideas to judge it or, or to, to to impact s- impact it too much and be like oh like um but i would definitely say it, to me is it's it would have to be asia first thing that goes comes to my mind is asia um in in the second place is is the middle east um uh, but why, why is that you know like because i feel like you know having when i when i travel to asia um it, it, it's such a different cultural experience. It's nothing that you can really experience here in the Western hemisphere. Um, and to really just see like, you know, think, think about how people live differently, but also makes you think about how you're living and like how you could live differently in some different ways. Um, and, and to me like the middle East, because I, I traveled to Egypt right before the, uh, the um the Arab Spring, Arab Spring uh, time, and it was literally months before that happened. Um, and now I'm starting to see like some travel bloggers, like uh, beautiful destinations, going back there and trying to get people to see the uh, the wonder that lies there. But like, I just feel like also um, 
you know, to, to go to places like Iran, you know, and to experience like Persian culture. My, my daughter is part Pakistani. So, uh, you know, for her to be able to go back to a country where she's originally from, like with, with it not being on like the U S you know, don't go there list or whatever it might be at the time. You know, I think that would just be amazing, um, for her, for her own experience. Love yeah. that. Um, and my question is, I'm always interested to hear what people listen to or read during their personal time, yeah. um, especially because you're a travel writer. What, what, what are your favorite blogs, newspapers, podcasts, TV shows? Okay. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> in terms of uh, – so things I like to read, like I've um, actually just started reading a couple – new newsletters they're both in the hospitality space one is a hotel life i don't know if you've have, have I'm you, not familiar. i think they're based out of brooklyn it's like a team really? of five people um basically what they do is they like do a deep dive on like one property and then they're like you can stay here for like you know 159 night and it's like you know the nomad or something um but they like really go into it and like talk about like the aesthetic and like what it's like staying there and it's just a unique way of thinking about like a newsletter, like it's just simple, you know, and I, I like simple. Like, mm. I don't like newsletters that are like, I used to subscribe to the hustle. Actually, I still subscribe to hustle and it's just like, there's a lot of stuff going yeah. on in it. Um, which I like cause I get certain things out of it, but I just liked a hotel's life. Cause it's just like, just really simple. I think simple works in media sometimes. Um, and then there's another, newsletter hotel tech report a couple of guys that started this website and uh i think they're doing some interesting things that are like onto some you know new ways of like covering like hotel technology like like a hipper cooler vibe then just you know it could be kind of wonky and like technology focused um and putting it into context like how hotels are using it so that's kind of unique um hmm like, what am I watching? I love the show Billions. Like, I'm almost done with that. Like, <laughs> one more episode to go until, like, the next season. Oh, I love it, man. It's great. What is it? I like shows that take place in New York, too, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like... Made in NY. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, Paul Giamatti is my neighbor, so I got to like it. Uh, I see him, like, walking down the street. I'm like, yo, Paul. <laughs> Start yelling lines from Billions at him. He'll be like, what is going on? <laughs> You don't want to ruin that relationship. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, like so that that's kind of Love like you, yeah. Uh, he's great. Um, awesome. Well, uh, um, Anthony, is there anybody that you'd like to be uh, in touch with right now that um, you'd hope to be speaking with? And if so, how could they get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, um, right now I'm just like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Like I'm working with the fine folks here at Voyager HQ. Uh, working with uh, Quake Capital, um, their venture capital private equity firm, helping mentor some of their startups. Um, some really interesting, you, you know, ways of like scaling business. Uh, formerly from Skift, helped launch the business arm of uh, that brand, which is just doing amazing. Um, actually, another newsletter that I do read. Uh, it's it's great for the travel industry, um, and so. If you want to reach me, you can reach me on Twitter. It's just Anthony Dorico. Um, my LinkedIn, LinkedIn backslash Anthony Dorico, and just drop me a note. 
Um, happy to talk to you. I love talking to startups. Uh, I think, you know, the next generation that's going to help change this industry and do all of the great things that we've talked about and probably many more are all starting with startups and the, the young energy that's uh, bringing those ideas to the table is just phenomenal. And I love it. I love being surrounded by it. Right. Well, is there um, uh, a final thought that you'd like to share? Maybe a reflection on this conversation or your experiences overall? Don't stop doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, startup is a grind. It's not easy. Media, I think there's no better time to be in media. I think one thing that we didn't talk a lot about, but we did kind of touch upon was like niche media. And I think, yes, Gift is a brand that I've worked with and they're doing amazing stuff. But I think there's so much opportunity in that space, um, especially because of people's time just not having a lot of time like the newsletters that i read that i find uh, appealing are like those that get to the point of like what affects my everyday and what's affecting my everyday business and i think um that's my background my background is b2b media coming up as a journalist and i think there's so much opportunity in that space to like go deep on companies or sectors that people find value in and you read about it every day. Media is dying. Media is like falling apart. Like these large companies that are grappling with like, I need subscription sales. And, but like, if you are able to find a core audience of five, 10,000, 15,000 people, you report the hell out of it. You can get people to subscribe. Um, and it could be a business just, it's, it's not easy, but it could be a business. And so I feel like that message needs to get out there more to people to say like, in the media landscape, it's, you know, the sky isn't all falling. You know, there is opportunity. Yeah, I love that positive outlook, too. That's great. great. Well, thanks for hanging out with us today. And uh, for my co-host, Beth Chapman. Happy trails. And co-host, John Matson. Bon voyage. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.